Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. There's so many times in your life where you're like, do everything you think you should and it doesn't necessarily feel the way you thought it would but then sometimes you really mess something up but it's kind of great those things like as I've gotten older I've really appreciated the kind of mistakes that are great more than I have the planned successes my name is Esprit Devora host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. This week's Women in Tech podcast episodes are powered by Strayer University. Strayer University is the go-to place to get your MBA online. You can get your entire MBA via Facebook. What? Yes, it's true. And they have incredible video content to learn from, amazing instructors, a powerful leadership team, Strayer. Check them out at strayer.edu. Thank you, Strayer, for believing in women in tech. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, where we are celebrating women in tech around the world. And I am so excited to have Erica in here with me, who actually happens to be one of our podcast listeners, which is crazy (laughs) exciting. Hello, Erica. Hi. (laughs) So, Erica, wait. First of all, how long have you been listening to the show? Oh, I'm really bad with time. I want to say a year, but That's I'm not crazy. sure. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of binge listen. So I listen like on a plane when I have to travel far. I'm from Texas, so I take a lot of trips to cool. long, far away places. <laughs> so I have to ask first, before we even go into introducing yourself, what do you like best about the show and what can we improve? Oh, that's I'm, that's very. <laughs> uh, I really love that I get to hear perspectives from all kinds of different women from like all over. I was just listening to your New Zealand trip, ah, uh, which yeah. is really exciting. Um, what can you improve? Poof, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, if I you think of some, I'll think about it a little. Longer. If you yeah. think of something, though, because I always want to improve. I even have someone on our team that like that. I'm like, please critique me. I want to continually get better for all the listeners. I never want to bore them. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I listen to a few different podcasts. I like that it's kind of continuous. Like, there's not a commercial in the middle. Uh, I appreciate it's like at the beginning or whatnot. I still listen to it, but yeah. <laughs> it doesn't like interrupt the flow or anything. So I kind of like that. Oh, that's good for us to know. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so go ahead formally introduce yourself to everybody and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Uh, Cool. I'm Erica Merchant. I'm a software engineer at Microsoft on Azure Lab Services. Um, I also, on the side, I'm the regional ambassador for uh, Technovation Challenge uh, for the Washington chapter. That's what I do. (laughs) And you mentioned this is your first podcast that you've been on. Yes, this is my first podcast. I don't usually do this kind of thing because I'm an engineer. (laughs) So cool. You guys, I'm going to start asking that of everybody because I get that a lot and you guys never get to hear it. And I always find it crazy exciting that I get the opportunity to share someone's story when they haven't shared it 
I guess, publicly before. So what is your story? When did you first fall in love with technology? Uh, so actually, that's kind of funny. I was listening to you ask this someone uh, earlier today, and I realized I don't think I ever fell in love with technology. It was, it was I fell in love with the process of learning. Um, that's something I really enjoyed doing. I grew up with technology. For full disclosure, I'm 30, so I didn't grow up with technology the way younger millennials grow up with technology. But um, we always had a computer in the house, actually, and my mother loves to brag that I could type before I could talk. <laughs> Debatably true, but <laughs> um, but I think what I really fell in love with was the opportunity to learn so many different things and to apply it to very many situations. Um, And for me, it was actually kind of always a backup plan, um, which is funny because if you ever have a primary plan, your backup plan is your plan. Uh, (laughs) But uh, yeah, I just, I think even in my current job, like the thing I love is when I get to work on something I haven't done before and and the chance to learn something new. And when I want to move on is when I get bored. (laughs) Um, And okay, so your mom thinks it's her doing that you're in tech. Oh, yeah, and my dad thinks it's his doing. They both, they both, because my dad bought the computer, right? Uh, and my parents are divorced, so they're going to fight about that. <laughs> but it was your doing when you found your first opportunity professionally, right? Uh, sure. Well, and also, I'm very self-taught. So I actually have a bachelor in linguistics. Whoa. <laughs> very non-traditional. Yeah. Um, but when I was in seventh grade, uh, my dad, who was really into engineering, yeah. um, he would buy us, like, programming, but he'd buy us whatever we wanted book-wise. So um, I got a programming book for VB6, I think. Um, and I taught myself and that was because for my birthday before that he bought me a website and I was playing around with JavaScript and I wanted to learn more so I got this VB6 book Um, and that's where I really learned like object oriented programming and whatnot. Um, and so that's kind of like I would we would make like the most random thing like we were learning the periodic table in school so I made like a periodic table you could play with and I have a strong inability to finish projects so none of my programs were ever complete but you know I would do it enough till I got the idea and I would stop along with my short attention span boredom issue. No it's more I don't even think it's a short attention span I use technology as an art form too and I think because we use it as a creative expression, we just want to paint more paintings. Yes, that's it's true. It's not really a short attention span. We just want to paint all sorts of paintings. I just think all my paintings are a little unfinished. <laughs> <laughs> Except for our work. I mean, obviously, work you have to finish. <laughs> what is your favorite thing about coming to work every day? Oh, gosh, that's such a hard one. I think it's both getting to learn something new, but also getting to work with a lot of other people who are passionate about what you do um, and supportive of what you do. Uh, I really love the people I work with, and um, they've really helped me grow in so many ways. Uh, And I think any good team will help you do that and have your best interests engineering-wise in mind. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say we're working really hard on our new uh, public preview for Azure Lab Services, and it's been really exciting for me personally because I've gotten to work on some new technologies I haven't worked on before, um, and we're getting to reach some new customer bases that I haven't gotten to reach recently, so uh, I'm very excited to work on it and what's to come. And what would you say is one obstacle that you've overcome successfully, and what did you learn from it? Oh, that's such a good question. <laughs> um, so I don't, as I mentioned, I don't have a degree, um, and for me, that's been a really big barrier. And some really, of, yeah, um, you'd be surprised because I, I genuinely think that to do like ninety percent of engineering jobs, you don't need a CS degree. Right. Uh, most people would disagree with me. Right. <laughs> a lot of people would disagree. And with especially me. in the whole startup culture right now, it's like quit school and yeah. go to Y Combinator. But I so. think that's only okay if you went to like an Ivy League. If you quit school and do yeah. that. If you went to state school like I did, um, you probably should finish. <laughs> but 
<laughs> and especially if you want to work for corporate America, it's a it's a big barrier. Um, so I definitely have to kind of prove myself a little more. But also, I think a little bit it's in my head because I had a few bad interviews that right. that that came up, and then it, I let it stop me in a lot of ways for a little while. It, it, gave, it kind of fed my imposter syndrome. Uh, oh, so you're saying just not having a degree fed an insecurity, but you didn't actually get blocked for not having... I did get blocked. Oh, Oh, absolutely. I had my... I think my worst interview for that was I was talking to the guy and he clearly, like someone else had vetted my resume for him. He hadn't read it. And so we're talking and everything's going well. And then he gets to the line of my resume. That's like my education. And he's like, oh, you don't have a CS degree. And I have a minor in CS, so I'm not like completely uneducated. (laughs) But he's like... Your major's in linguistics, My major's in linguistics, yeah. Uh, And he was like, oh, I don't... I don't think you're a good fit for this. And I was like, wait, you were just about to ask me like the technical portion of this phone call. Why don't you ask me the technical question and see if you can, you know, I can answer it. And he was like, no, we've had employees like you before. I just don't think this is a good fit. And he like ended the phone interview right then and there. It's really shitty. Yeah. Yeah. That guy lost out. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, it took me a long time to kind of realize that's more of like an industry problem than a really big me problem. Yeah. <laughs> and once I got there, then it was, you know, oh, I want to help change this and, and, and make it better. Share with us, though, because there's so many people going through what you went through. How did you overcome it? I understand that you're saying you just you saw it was an industry problem, but how did you... How did I get to that realization? Yeah. Actually, it was external. I can't admit that I finally got over it by myself. Um, I was... So I came to Microsoft through an acquisition, and I always kind of felt like, like because of this and just because it was acquired and not yeah. a normal interview process, that I was like, oh, I'm probably not good enough to stay here. And so... Um, my acquisition was crazy. I ended up in like Copenhagen. Nice. <laughs> um, <and> so, Denmark. <laughs> it yeah. was pretty cool, but I did want to come back home. And so to do that, it was an internal transfer. Yeah. And it was basically my first time interviewing at Microsoft. And I was so nervous. Uh, and I told one of my coworkers about like how nervous I yeah. was about it. Um, and he was like, our founder doesn't have a college degree. <laughs> <laughs> and that was kind of the moment of realization where you're just like, yeah, no, that's that's very true. Like, so many successful people I know don't necessarily have a college degree or yeah. have the traditional education yeah. required for this job, but they do really well at it. And so I think it's just this really wrong perception we've kind of propagated throughout the industry. And, you know, what I've noticed in doing the Women in Tech podcast is a lot of us feel like not enough. It's something that comes up a lot. Like, I'll request to interview someone and they'll say, oh, I'm not good enough. <laughs> Am I stupid? <laughs> Why would I want to interview if I didn't think you were good enough? You know, so it's, I hear it all the time. I've many times in my life, because of different things that I've had to overcome and felt like I'm not enough. And that was really hard to like get over. This whole not enough thing, I think is a cultural thing amongst us. And For yeah. sure, yeah. And I, I think like, uh, I've definitely done a lot. Um, I'm really passionate about getting better diversity in the industry, especially yeah. around female developers. And so uh, as you look into the, a lot of that, you see that, that uh, women have like really bad imposter syndrome. And it's not necessarily from external factors all the time. Yeah. Like sometimes we just put it on ourselves. Um, and I think uh, for a lot of us, that was like almost everybody I've met has that story that they realize like, yeah. hey, actually, <laughs> I'm way better than I thought I was. If you had one ask of, of our global tech community, something that we could do to support you and your success to accelerate forward, what would that ask be? It has to be selfish. It has to be selfish. Some people <laughs> give me these save the world answers. I'm like, no, not about others. It's about you for once. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, selfishly, I would really like to see a change in the interview process because I personally have gone into many a tech interview. Um, I work on web services. I feel like I'm pretty successful <laughs> working on my web services. Um, but you go in and then they ask you a graph problem. And it's yeah. not that if I studied for this tech interview after however many years I've been out of college, yeah. I couldn't do the graph problem. It's that I haven't used a graph <laughs> yeah. for anything in like nine years. Yeah. So uh, I, I feel like if we interviewed for what we were actually doing, uh, we'd find better candidates and we'd stop excluding people who are completely capable, but maybe not like book smart in the traditional sense. So I love that answer because it's really helpful, but it was not selfish. That it's was totally a save selfish. the world answer. <laughs> no, because I hate studying for tech interviews and depending on where I am in my career, I... I either just won't do it, and so I'll like bomb a bunch of interviews, or I'll study a lot and then hate myself for it because I'm just like, this is stupid. But like, what's your dream? Where do you want to be? I mean, or, or do you even think about it? I mean, a lot of people ask me that. I was gonna say, where do you want to be a couple years from now? But people ask me this, and I'm like, I just want to love today. So I yeah. actually don't have a where I want to be two years from. I'm like, I want to just really fucking love today. <laughs> um, it's a it's a good point. Yeah, I it's something I used to be really bad at answering. I think I'm getting a little better. Um, I do really enjoy working with. Um, for lack of a better word, like a cause. <laughs> um, and so I, I've definitely done like a lot of volunteering um, or at least a lot of outreach even as part of my role at Microsoft. Um, I got to participate in the running of our giving campaign in my division, which was really great. Um, so getting to like work that more into my day-to-day -day job so that I'm not just helping big businesses, but maybe yeah. I could help like big nonprofits yeah. um, would be kind of my next step, I think. Uh, but sometimes, sometimes I think it'd be also cool to be more of an entrepreneur. So I don't know, for it's, sure. Yeah. It's hard. It's not more cool. It's different, not more cool. Different set of pros and cons. Yeah. We have, no matter where you go, this thing that we see on TV, the like sparkly startup life, no. <laughs> well, it's, it's not too. So my dad owns his own company, but my mom has been in corporate America most of her life. So I've gotten to see kind of like both halves and just like, I don't. I don't know if either is better. And, and I've worked for a really small like company. Uh, it was like five developers. Yeah. And I've worked for the medium size, like 5,000, and now I work here. So I've kind of done it all. But. I, I don't <laughs> think there's a better or worse. I think there's something about, have you ever read the book? I think you'd love it if you haven't. The de Desire the desire Map. The Desire Map. Oh, no, I haven't read it. Okay, I think you'd map. love it. Okay. I, I can't, Renee Russo, I don't know. Actually, I don't know if that's the right name. But The Desire Map. It's like a peachy book cover purpley peachy book cover it's great and it teaches you how to identify what your desired states are to live in every day so my desired states are adventure ease purpose and connection and so if I'm not experiencing those desired states throughout every day I'm I don't feel fulfilled um and so I think like the reason why I bring this up is I don't think it's about whether we work in a startup or whether we work in a large company or a small company or whether whether we're a gas station attendant or whatever. I think it's about being in alignment with how we want to feel every day. And I think that's what takes time and processing and self-reflection and even a lot of mastering. I've been going here Every day for five minutes, I stop into the fish market, the famous fish market oh, at yeah, Pike's, Pike's Place. Place. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a book called Fish that's written about these guys and how positive they are. And I've just, you know, it's really challenging to be an entrepreneur. So every day I go there and I'm like, maybe I'll learn something. And I ask a new guy every day, like some life question. The consistent thing that all the different guys have told me independently is that 
it is a choice to have a positive mindset and it and it's not just a choice but it's a skill that you have to master one of the guys said it took him two years um it's that was fascinating to me the intricacies of life and how it functions we think it's all these like I don't know things on the outside whether it be you know what type of job we have or our status or what kind of car we drive or have we got into the goals I know society's like by this age you should be married and by this age you should have kids and all this stuff right but if you could just pretend that none of that matters and all that matters is that you're living in your most desired states at all time and that you're mastering the skills in order to make you feel abundance consistently in your life that's really all that like is important at the end of the day no I, I know I got I it totally <laughs> no I say I totally agree and I think it's actually such a great message since it's uh, mental health month but um, oh yeah it is <laughs> totally not on purpose yeah, no but it was, like, keep it reminding was me <laughs> um actually it kind of reminded me maybe of a more silly example but um there's that show crazy ex-girlfriend yeah and i've the, never seen it but yes it's very funny i recommend it but um in the beginning she just kind of, she does have a mental illness <laughs> she is also stereotyped but also she has a mental right. illness um but in the beginning she's like a very powerful lawyer about to make partner living in new york like um has like a ton of money like everything everyone could want and as she's about to make partners she starts having a panic attack and saying to herself this is what happy feels like this is what happy feels like because I think she has this realization that she doesn't feel happy but she should yeah <laughs> and um, that, that's like where the show like starts and yeah. she snaps and goes to California uh, <laughs> but um, I totally I, have to watch this <laughs> I think yeah no it's a great it's very sh- great show has three songs in every show so if you like musicals like <laughs> I really enjoy it um but I, I think that moment, I think, was really, I really connected with it because I feel like there's so many times in your life where you're like, do everything you think you should and it doesn't necessarily feel the way you thought it would. Yeah. But then sometimes you like really mess something up, but it's kind of great. Yeah. Um, and those, those things, like as I've gotten older, I've really appreciated the yeah. kind of mistakes that are great yeah. um, more than I have the planned successes. Yeah. I guess I think it's really interesting in the in the tech world we have the corporates i.e. you and then we have the founders like indie techs i.e. me and 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 there's this like perception of this is the cool way and this is the like for sure and I just don't agree with it <laughs> yeah I just don't agree with it whatsoever I my girlfriend works at Disney she's madly in love with her job super happy you know like I just don't agree with it. I think um, it's more about what's going on on the inside, not outward stuff. Well, and on that note, like I think, um, I think, like I mentioned, I worked at three sizes of companies, and I think they all have advantages and disadvantages. And I think it really matters what's important to you in a job, like especially yeah. for anybody coming out of college who's listening. Like, it can be really appealing to have like that fancy startup culture or that fancy big corporate totally. name, but. Um, I my first job out of college, I graduated during the recession, so I just needed health insurance. Oh man! Um, and I was very sick, actually. That's a whole other story. But I really needed health insurance, and um, I moved to Madison, Wisconsin, which um, I was really upset about at the time, mostly because it was 85 degrees in Austin when I left, and negative five when I landed in Madison. But you had health insurance. <laughs> but I had health insurance. <laughs> Um, and you know what? Honestly, it was one of the best things to happen to me and also to my career. Um, so I definitely don't regret it for a second. And some of the best people I ever met lived in Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> it's so it's so interesting, just the perceptions of life and how life turns out. And I mean, the, every day is um, 
I see that I see the world as every day is a video game and we're just trying to conquer the levels. <laughs> there's um there's like a meme for that actually. Yeah, you get uh, life the video game or something. It's on it goes oh, around I have Facebook. To check that out. I'm never on Facebook, but it's things that go around Facebook also go around our internal network yeah. <laughs> at work. So it's come around our uh, teams. <laughs> where where can people find you? Where are you on? Oh, uh, I'm really bad at social media except I did get addicted to Instagram recently. Nice. <laughs> so you can find me at Erica the programmer or if you really Erica with a C by the way. Uh, or if you really like plants, I also have Yardless and Seattle. Uh, Yard, yardless in Seattle. Yardless in Seattle. Although I recently bought a house, so it's a lie now. But congratulations! <laughs> oh, yeah, to that corporate job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm leveraging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't lie. That is a perk of a corporate job. <laughs> no, that's huge. That's so great. Do you, you love Seattle? <laughs> um, it's it's pretty nice. I've lived kind of all over at this point. Uh, I'm really, I mentioned I'm originally from Texas. I was born and raised in Houston. I went to school in Austin. I moved to Madison for a while, lived in Copenhagen, and then came here. Um, and I think most places, like, just there's something you love about it and something you could leave. <laughs> um, and for me, the thing that falls short for Seattle is I'm really a big food lover. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not that Seattle doesn't have good food, but they don't have, like, something that's traditionally right. Northwestern. Yeah. Maybe salmon. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> um, but it's also whatever it is that's really good is also really expensive here. There's yeah. not, like, oh, my gosh, this is great Seattle street food or something. So... That's my bummer for Seattle. It's still 20 bucks. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but it's still a great city for many, many other reasons. <laughs> and two last questions, a part one and a part two. Uh, what's your favorite book? Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's really hard. I like to read a lot. Or just the Ooh. most recent one that you really love. Oh, oh, I read, this is actually kind of, I have to, disclaimer, it was depressing, but also I think important. Uh, I read Ellen Powell's Reset. Yeah. Not my favorite book, but of recent books yeah. I've read. I really enjoyed that read. I think it put in perspective a lot of things I've experienced in my career. Um, but also sometimes, it, it, in some ways, it also made me feel like some things are getting better. Um, so I really appreciated that. And I, I think it ends at least on a, on a sort of happy note. <laughs> um, so I like that. Um, I might choose like all-time favorite book as like a book from my childhood. Yeah, do it. Um, I really like The Seer and the Sword. <laughs> uh, I think it's by Victoria Hanley. Um, it's one of those books that's like very traditional, like girl in trouble, but becomes warrior and has awesome and kicks butt and is also a princess book. But <laughs> it's it's a good read and it's a lot of fun, especially if you're young. If you read it as an adult, it's a little silly. But <laughs> um, uh, kind of a part one a of my question. Um, you said that you like to read a lot. I noticed that amongst the women in tech that I interview, which is cool. I too like to read, but I struggle with making time to read because of my technology addiction. So yes. <laughs> um, how do you, I'm genuinely asking in a very selfish way because I'm trying to get better at this. How do you read? Like, yeah, no, it's a great question. Put your addiction aside. There's definitely times where like I had to take a break from reading. I don't, I have to be honest. I actually am not too bad with the technology addiction, but I'm really good at making myself busy with like a million things. Right. Um, so I, I take the bus to work. So I will read on the bus. Um, which I've found definitely has sped up my yeah. <laughs> catching up on book club reads. Having a book club kind of keeps you to a schedule because when you don't, when you show up to book club and you haven't finished the book, you do get those like 
I can't believe you didn't finish it, Erica looks. <laughs> um, and then I also read to go to sleep. So like in the evening, just like that's how I kind of unwind. And I really hate to use this trendy word, but it's kind of my form of self-care. Um, I love that one. No, it's like the new new, but I dig yeah. that word. I have to say it's a great one. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important to kind of have like your mental unwind. And when I don't have time to read, I definitely notice like overall I'm just more frazzled. And l- very last question, your favorite tech tool. Oh, favorite tech tool. Um, my phone. That's really sad, yeah. though. No, that's not uh, sad. <laughs> I mean, I think for, like, day-to-day stuff. Are you, are um, you iPhone or Samsung or, uh, I have a or the microphone? The, isn't there a, a, a Microsoft phone? Uh, there, there was. I don't oh. know the current Oops. state of that. Oops. No, it's okay. Uh, no, I have a Pixel. I have a, a Google Pixel. <laughs> oh, God. I, those are supposed to be amazing for uh, storage. Oh, yeah, they are. Because mine came with uh, unlimited storage because I have, like, the original yeah, Pixel. Yeah. I don't know if the new one does. but <laughs> Anyway, that, okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> No problem. <laughs> if you want to connect with more extraordinary women in tech, remember you could go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. And you could say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will talk to you guys, see you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Erica Merchant, and I work for Microsoft as a software engineer. We're a large company that serves various enterprise and consumer needs, and I'm based in the Redmond, Washington office. And you're listening to Women in Tech. This week's Women in Tech podcast episodes are powered by Strayer University. I'm Charlene Walters, and I'm the vice provost and dean of the Digital Entrepreneurship MBA program. I started working for Strayer about 11 years ago. I love working with Strayer because it's such an innovative company. We're constantly on the cutting edge, and we're always trying to find new ways to enhance the student's learning journey. And that really motivates me. I've just seen so much positive change and innovation, and it's really been thrilling to be a part of that. Check them out at strayer.edu. Thank you, Strayer, for believing in women in tech. I've been interviewing these outstanding women in tech here at Microsoft. It would not be possible if it wasn't with these four incredible men celebrating women in tech around me. Hello, guys. Hey. So tell me what this podcast central is all about. I'm Bharat, and we started this uh, two years ago at every big Microsoft event. Uh, Richard Campbell... Carl Franklin, uh, Dimitri Lylan, and and myself, we've been trying to get folks to talk about all different topics of technology and how Microsoft relates to that. It's really an entrepreneurial project within a large corporation. Mm -hmm. It's driven by the heart. It's to attract different storytellers, if we could call podcasters that, Mm -hmm. that you all really admire. It's to give women an opportunity to share their stories and their journeys. Mm -hmm. And so you've really all come together to make it possible. Um, So Microsoft Build isn't just another dev corporate tech conference. It's a a place to share a powerful story and have it reach beyond the wall. Yeah, it's really amazing how much we, we can do sometimes at a big company like Microsoft. Like a lot of us and the company itself really tries to make sure that whatever we're doing, we're, we're making sure we're being inclusive, both in listening to the people that are outside the company, talking to us, and making sure that inside the company we have a diverse kind of set of voices and faces right. coming out and talking on podcasts and doing our keynotes. It, it, it really is an amazing place to work. What's great about it is that you get people who don't necessarily think about Microsoft you know, and their podcasters and their podcast listeners 
hearing, uh, you know, these stories in technology uh, from Microsoft executives, people that they would not necessarily have access to uh, just, you know, living inside their uh, JavaScript world or Ruby or whatever it is. And then, you know, we bring them here and we, we give them access to these people and they take it back. And now they're, they're expanding their reach and they're expanding uh, their uh, knowledge to include all the great stuff that jibes with their technology back home. Carl started .NET Rocks back in 2002, which is uh, about two years before the word podcast even existed. I came on board in 2005 on show 100. And here at Build, we recorded show 1,550. Yeah, we've been doing it a while. A little while. Yeah. And I also have a show called Run As Radio, which is an IT show. started later in 2007. But yep. uh, I think i got 580 in the can now. Yeah. And Dimitri, none of this would be possible without you signing off, I hear. Well, it was a bit crazy. So, yeah, I'm Dimitri Lylan, and I've been kind of with this effort since the beginning. Rich was like, I have this crazy idea. I just said, okay, let's make it happen. People didn't think we could. It was too late. It was no budget. It was, you know, whatever. All these stupid excuses. So I came up to Brad. I'm like, I think I can find the money. I think Richie can help us organize it. I need somebody to help us run it. Can you help? Where can they find out more about your shows, more about what you do online? Well, our show is .NET Rocks. It's, you know, period N-E-T, R-O-C-K-S, or .NET Rocks.com, D-O-T-N-E-T-R-O-C-K-S.com. Or just search for it in your favorite podcast uh, directory. Directory. We're in them all. We're in them all. I'm just Barat on uh, Twitter, Barat Espot at Twitter. But, can uh, you spell that for everybody? Uh, B-H-A-R-A-T-S, uh, the letter S, uh, and then B. H A T. So perfect. Um, and Dimitri? I'm easy on Twitter. It's going to be uh, Wyland.com. That's L Y A L I M D O T C O M. That's my Twitter handle. It's, I'm easy to find. Perfect. Easy. Thank you so much for putting together Podcast Central and making this magical experience happen for everybody and spending the time on the Women in Tech podcast. Yeah, thank you, Esprit. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.